It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, of course, available every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcast from. And we are flying through another working week already Thursday morning. It is April the 20th for 2023 and this morning, now we're talking with Cameron Murray from the University of Sydney. He is a property economist there. And a very good morning to you, Cameron. Great to get you back on the Real Estate Breakfast this morning. Oh, thanks for having me back. Now, the last time that we spoke, it was back in December of last year, almost five months ago. It seems like a a fair bit has happened in that time. And the property market, now, it might have its ups and downs, but it is never boring. So what has been a couple of notable things for you this year regarding property? For me, the two big issues are the the continued rise uh, in rental prices in the capital cities and the big squeeze going on in the rental market. And the other one is the surprise bounce in capital city prices the last couple of months, which is not only a feature of Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, but actually is happening in a lot of cities in North America and Europe, which I don't think many people expected. Great. Okay. Well, we'll have a look at all of that coming up next with Cameron. It's like diving into a treasure trove of real estate gold nuggets just waiting to be explored with us on The Real Estate Podcast. Well, the competitive landscape in the banking industry for mortgage loans has had a notable impact on the stability of the housing market as both investors and homeowners alike are finding opportunities to secure more favourable variable interest rates on their existing mortgages without the need to switch lenders. And as a result, this trend is contributing to a reduction in the risk of forced or cut price sales, thereby lending greater resilience to the market as a whole. So we will discuss that with Anthony Landau this coming Saturday morning. If you're celebrating your birthday, happy birthday to you on this day, the 20th of April. You are sharing it with Jessica Lang, the actor. She's turning 72. Carmen Electra is turning 49. And back home locally, Dave Hughes, the Australian comedian, he's turning 52. Keep updated with the latest real estate news, economist predictions, property sales, or what's trending right now. Know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast. It's the main centre forecast. The weather on our Thursday, little bit of a mixed bag. First we go to Sydney expecting some rain, so grab the raincoat or the brolly. You're going to need it. 21 is your forecast high. In Melbourne, it's going to be cloudy, but it should be mainly sunny and dry. 18 is your forecast top. Brisbane, a bit of a ditto on yesterday, should be mainly dry, a little bit of cloud around in 27, and pretty much the same weather word as yesterday for Perth, fine and sunny skies, and 28 is your forecast top. Every morning from 6am, we bring you the latest real estate news with diverse perspectives from leading industry experts. We deliver the most property podcasts across Australia every week. 
And we are back with Cameron Murray from the University of Sydney, where he is a property economist. And Cameron, looking back at the 2020 lockdown that we all endured, one of the huge drivers for the economy going gangbusters or completely off the rails, whichever term you want, was the amount of money that people saved up while being in that forced lockdown. And then once we were all released, we went on a spending binge and boy don't we like to spend money and when you add in the money that was COVID related with payments to businesses etc those two things really drove the economy fast forward now though how do you think that we are looking moving on from all of that as the RBA still tries to tame the economy? You're right. At the time, I was calling what happened with people accessing their super, the job keeper, job seeker stimulus, the mortgage holidays and the low interest rates. I was calling that an outsized stimulus because the, the amount of money was just so much bigger than what people could spend in the economy that year. So it wasn't clear to me how that was meant to stabilize things during COVID because there was nothing to spend your money on. It didn't matter if someone had an extra twenty or 30000 in their bank account. Sure, they could buy a new TV. Sure, they could buy a caravan. But, you know, only a small portion of that extra money would be spent. Like pulling on a spring, uh, we loaded everyone up with cash in their bank and then we opened up the economy and, and, and you know the weight has shot up to the sky and we've seen a little bit of a correction from that. But I think actually what we will see is another bounce. So just like a spring, you know, it resonates and it bounces. I think the economy has some of those features in it as well. And I think that's part of the story of why house prices, for example, bottomed out at the beginning of April or or earlier. So I think we're seeing that sort of echo of that first bounce of the spring at the moment. Mm. And just in terms of that spring, that coil, some economists are suggesting that there could be a rate cut by as early as October, certainly potentially in November of this year. Now, I don't think for a moment when we first clicked into 2023, people were thinking that. Yeah, no, neither did I. Look, at the the expectations of economists in the market have changed very, very quickly uh, on when rate rises will finish. And, and the Reserve Bank obviously paused at their last meeting at the beginning of, of April. And that's given a lot of people confidence that the next move is down. I definitely am on board that after a boom comes a bust and the economy moves in cycles, but I'm not on board with that just because the Reserve Bank has paused rate rises now that automatically that means we're in a downturn. It's very possible if inflation stays high and we get a little bit of an echo of that inflation pressure that they might increase rates a little bit again. And that's happened many times before. I think in the in the 2000s boom, there was a short period of raising rates up until 2003. And then the Sydney market pulled back and Melbourne pulled back a little bit. And then property took off again. And there was a series of rate rises after a, after a bit of a pause. I really wouldn't want to rule out. I wouldn't want to bet too much against that possibility. Now, the alternative, what the market's pricing in, which is the economy will quickly turn into a recession, spending will fall, and by the by Christmas, essentially, the Reserve Bank will have seen all this in the data and be winding back. I, I, I wouldn't be more confident to say that the market's right than wrong at the moment, given the historical patterns. And last time that we spoke, we talked about the impact of these RBA rate rises, and I asked you this question regarding the general public. 
I wonder whether people really get their heads around the effect of what the Reserve Bank is trying to do. I wonder if they fully understand it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm going to be let you know a little secret here that most economists don't really understand either. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, a lot of guesswork and and sort of intuition and, and rules of thumb that we're not exactly sure about behind using interest rates for inflation targeting because at the end of the day the story is that we want to make give you a high return for saving so that the decision of households to spend or save is switched away from spending towards saving because you get more money in the bank it's more expensive to borrow to buy a new car or a house and what we're trying to do is essentially make people stop spending money Mm. so do you think people in general have stopped spending the money we're required um, uh, no, I think is, is, is the answer to that. Yeah, as I said last time we spoke, there's a lot of intuition here about how this works. But one of the parts uh, we forget is, is sometimes people want to bring spending forward when rates are rising to avoid higher rates in the future. There's another element that we don't always factor in, and potentially that's happening now. People are expecting rates to be higher in the future. They're expecting to have more money so they, they can justify spending now. I don't have a, a strong answer for whether the RBA is happy with how spending's going. They obviously think that some adjustment has happened, which is why they've stopped raising rates. But the big thing I think they've got their eye on is the mortgage interest rate cliff. And I'm sure everyone's heard about this. And I guess my thoughts on that are that this problem is, is much smaller than many people think because it's well known in advance. It's not going to be a sudden surprise hit to people's bank balances. They, they know it's coming. They've known for a year and they've had plenty of time to build up their offset accounts and things like that. So my personal view is probably more to the side that the mortgage cliff is not such a big deal compared to where I think the RBA is that thinks it probably is a big deal. So if we pause rates now, even though spend kind of strong in the next six months we will see as people's mortgage repayments go up the effect of what we've done with rates in the last 12 months and yesterday we highlighted this new report from the international monetary fund on the state of the global economy which ranks australia as the second highest country for housing market risk and the takeaway from this report, as I highlighted yesterday, is that we better hope that the Australian unemployment rate remains low or we might see some serious mortgage serviceability issues, which is what the IMF is pointing to. Do you think that that's fair comment, fair play from the IMF? Look, I have a pretty cynical view of these types of reports after two decades following them very methodically. And in a way, the IMF's just got to produce reports like this as a bit of a marketing exercise to show, hey, we're relevant, we're keeping an eye on things. Australia's been high on these types of rankings, not just from the IMF, but from all sorts of different organisations for two decades. And we're one of the few countries that hasn't had a, an enormous property correction in that time. Maybe they'll be right this time, but if I look at their track record, I, I wouldn't be betting too highly on it. And in terms of the relationship with unemployment rate and, and the risk to the housing market, when COVID began, I, I had a real good look at the historical patterns in the housing market and the relationship with the unemployment rate. And the short answer of what I found was that there really isn't a relationship there. Unemployment's not such a big deal. And that makes, in, in terms of the, for the house buying market, and that makes sense in a way, because when you think about it, 
only a third of households have a mortgage. Those households are most likely to be in their high income earning years. They've been assessed by a bank as having a stable job. Uh, they're the relatively low risk section of the economy. So if the unemployment rate rises from 3.5% where it is today to 6.5%, those 3% of people, they're highly unlikely to be the highly leveraged mortgage holder. And even if they are, there's typically two incomes and typically unemployment's temporary anyway. So you know, I wouldn't be taking the, the, the line that unemployment's really important for housing prices too seriously, because if you look at the past, it, that sort of thinking wouldn't have really helped you predict what happened. Well, As I said right at the start, property is never boring, that is for sure. Cameron, great to chat. Maybe in another five months' time we will catch up and find uh, out what your thoughts are in terms of where we've moved on. And thanks so much for coming on to the Real Estate Breakfast this morning. Thanks for having me, Craig. Let's check on my predictions in five months. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. Thank you.